Hello, and thank you for joining us today as we walk shoulder to shoulder, growing in love of the Lord and each other. I'm Megan Silas. And I am Pam Arvin. So thankful you can join us today. Yeah, we are excited to bring uh, you the second in our Beatitudes series. Uh, Last time we talked about the first Beatitude, which was blessed are the poor in spirit. And now we'll move on to the second one, which is blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. Right, right. So that's a lot to unpack right there. Because, you know, when we first hear the word mourn, we usually do think of mourning a loved one's passing. Uh, the grief that comes with it. So grief is a part of this kind of mourning, um, but not quite the same. So why don't you take it from there, Megan? Well, I think there's a lot of things in this world that we can potentially mourn because the reality is this world has fallen. There's so much imperfection in it because of, you know, the sin that came into the world. And, You know, it kind of reminds me of um, the Hail Holy Queen prayer where we talk about how we are in this valley of tears. Some people say veil of tears, however you like to say it. But but this is a place of exile. Exile. Exactly. Yeah. Things are not how they're meant to be. And our spirits understand that we experience the reality of sin and the fallenness of the hum- of human nature and of the whole world as a re- result of sin. And it is painful to us. It is, it is sad for us. So I think one of the important things to remember is that we often, like you said, we, we relate mourning to something bad, but the reality is it is actually something quite appropriate for the, the experience that we're living which is life in a fallen world in a world that was, is not how God intended it to be. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And also the Lord mourns. I mean, one of the most beautiful, you know, images of Christ, I think in the Bible is, you know, the shortest verse in the Bible. When, Je- when Jesus comes along to the, the tomb of Lazarus and he sees the pain and the sadness of the people who have experienced the loss of their loved ones. And even though he knows he's going to raise him from the dead at just moments, mm-hmm. it says Jesus wept because Jesus' heart understands that this is not how it's meant to be. He did not desire death in the world. He did not desire suffering in the world. He did not desire sickness and, and painful human relationships that lead to hurt and unforgiveness. All these things are not what his heart wanted for his people. So we often can get into this idea that mourning is a bad and it should be avoided. But I, I would say, let's, I understand the idea of mourning is appropriate. It's appropriate to our state of being in this fallen world. Right, right. So the way I I see this particular verse with a you know, they will be comforted and the mourning really is for personal sin. To mm, be deeply sure. deeply saddened by our personal sin, that uh, repentance, that desire to go to confession afterwards, that we we look we at our kind of an examination and say, "Lord, how have I offended you?" Oh, here, I have offended you here, and I am greatly sad. I am deeply mourning for this injury that I've caused you, my Lord. Mm. 
Absolutely. And, you know, I think we were, you know, intending on this to, to talk a fair bit about how we live these Beatitudes in our, in our human relationships. And I think this one in particular is really relevant because there's so much hurt that happens in relationships. And I think a lot of times, instead of actually mourning the hurt, we avoid the mourning and move to anger. That's true. You know, we don't want to like just really acknowledge that hurt. I'm really sad that that you did that or I did that or whatever. And so we, we get into this place of I'm angry that you did that or I feel justified that I did it because of what you did. And all of a sudden we go back and forth and in and, and this anger and unforgiveness when really we should come together and mourn the fact that our fallen nature, our human sinfulness has hurt our relationship. Just like you were talking about, Pam, how we should go to the Lord, that when our personal sinfulness has injured our relationship with God, which every personal sin does, it it injures your relationship with God, but so often also injures the relationships with other people. And so if we can understand that that is something to be mourned, not something that you just, you know, retreat into our own camps and be angry about and whatever, but to come together and, and mourn that together. So true. You know, because one of the beautiful things about um, the idea of being comforted, you can't be comforted alone, right? Like That's to, in a relationship yeah, to be comforted. To yes. be comforted mm-hmm. is to be in a relationship. Either God is comforting you or another person is comforting you. So that's another aspect of pain and suffering in this world that it can have the positive benefit of being a place of unity mm. because it can bring a per a person can see pain and suffering in another. And our nature as human beings, I think is to be empathetic towards others who are suffering. And so the movement of the heart towards the other in their sorrow leads to that sense of compassion and that desire to journey with and to comfort the suffering. Right. And so it can be this opening for communion. I see it as a Simon, the Simon in us all. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And in in Simon, he didn't even like choose that necessarily. That might have been thrust upon him. But when he was in it, when he was walking in it, I think we can be assured that that he had conversion of heart due to his compassion for Jesus, because, you know, there's that evidence that later in the Bible, it talks about the two sons who of Simon the Cyrene, which they say is evidence that they became part of the Christian, you know, community. As they were known. Right. And so I think that's another thing that is really important to talk about as we talk about mourning. I find that in some individuals, there is a real reticence to share when they are suffering, when they are hurting, when they are mourning something. Absolutely. And they just want to keep it all to themselves and they don't want to appear vulnerable. They don't want to appear like, Weak. you know. Weak, or that they've, you know, or that they need help. Mm -hmm. They want to feel, they want to seem like they've got it all together and that they're totally self sufficient and everything. But the Lord is telling us no, when you mourn, when you show your pain, your suffering, when you experience that, you allow somebody the opportunity to comfort. 
that your moment of vulnerability can become a place of blessing Mm -hmm. by giving you the love of another because he's made us such that our hearts are moved by the suffering of others. That's so true. I never thought of that way as a, as a, a community thing, but it really is communal rather um, the mourning as in the passing or of the death of, a, of someone mm-hmm. um, and to comfort them. But it, it doesn't even have to happen that way. You can have a, a, per, a friend that has such a tragedy, you know, talk about our spiritual friendships. Your, your girlfriend has a, a really bad personal tragedy in relationship and you continue to walk and help her carry her cross and mourn with her um, that loss. And it, it's, right. it's a great honor actually to walk with someone who mourns, that kind of loss, especially if the loss is in regards to personal sin. Yeah, I think that's an important thing when you talk about loss, because the reality is, is that we mourn the loss of a perceived good. That, that is why we mourn, because we sense that we have lost a good, right? For sure. Yeah. And so what the Lord is telling us in this is that when you experience the loss of a good, such that you are moved to mourn, he is going to bring another good in its place. And that is the comfort. And in the end, because God works this way, the thing that he brings in to the loss of that good is usually a greater good than the thing you lost in the first place. So true. He's so good to us that way. He's so gracious. He's so just... Exuberant in his, you know, pouring forth of his goodness and and everything that it's just amazing, right? Like, let's let's take for example, what is the greatest probably moment of mourning that ever happened on the earth? That moment when Jesus gave up his spirit, God Himself died on this earth, and the mourning that must have happened, say, in the heart of Mary. That heart that perfectly loved him and now has suffered the loss of him. There is no greater loss that has ever happened on this earth than the loss of Mary's son. But look at the good that the Lord brought through that greatest loss. He brought the greatest good. The restoration of his of her son in a glorified way yeah. that not only restored him to her, but restored humanity to God the Father and opened the doors of heaven. There's that contradiction again. Yeah, that paradox yeah. that only in dying you have life and only in losing can you gain. Mm. And so in our mourning, we open ourselves up to the possibility of restoration of a greater good. But if we refuse to mourn, if we refuse to acknowledge, yes, a loss has occurred, then we won't be able to be open to the grace of the comfort. Yeah. I see that too is we had a recently did a podcast on mortification and to, to really acknowledge that type of, um, mourning of like say communal sin and what I mean like that is I I felt a very very deep sense of sadness and mourning when we had a Planned Parenthood here in our community 
that that could happen in our area and our community was a profound mourning. Mm. Um, and that was a very much of a communal one too, that God wanted to restore. And boy, did he restore mm. that. You know, the birth of uh, 40 Days for Life was so beautiful how he really restored that. But that's, a, that's another type of communal mourning, I think, that just God wants to try and redeem. Mm, yeah. And I think it, it is the trust that God will bring the comfort that we need in the way that we need it that allows us to mourn in a way that's holy. Because mourning without hope of God's comfort in the way that he brings it can become despair. Right? And so he is saying when he gives us this beatitude don't despair. Let your hearts be troubled. It's okay for your hearts to be troubled in a time, in, in a place that is troubling. Mm-hmm. But don't despair because my comfort will come. Right. Don't stay in the morning. Or don't make the morning its own God, yes. you know, like I think sometimes when you do have a major loss, you know, maybe a loved one or, um, you know, a huge loss of a faculty, like say, say you had an accident, you become wheelchair bound or you lose your sight or, or something like that. Or divorce in the family too. Or divorce, you know, you have a huge loss and sometimes you get so attached to the mourning, the loss that that almost becomes your God. Like you don't want to let go of the morning. I find it, it's especially relevant sometimes when you've had a loss of a loved one and it's, you feel like if I don't stop mourning, if I don't keep hurting, then I'm not honoring their life, mm-hmm. you know, like, so they don't, so they're struggling to move on from the morning because they feel that somehow that the morning itself is giving honor to the person or maybe the morning is giving, you know, is saying that uh, it's you wouldn't be acknowledging the gift that your sight was if you didn't continue to mourn it all the time or whatever. But what the Lord is is saying to us is that He's allowing the mourning. He's in in the same way saying He's allowed the loss so that He can bring the comfort. That's right. But if you only focus on the loss and never open yourself up for the comfort he wants to give, then you're really closing yourself off to the blessing of the morning. And you'll never find blessing in the morning. It'll only be the pain. Right. Well, you know, it kind of fascinates me on this one, Megan. It kind of begs the question if the comforting is going to come in this life or the next or both. I, You know, we don't know really, I guess. But I would like to think that he'll give us some comfort in this life. Yeah, I think he's he's super into the the both and of yeah, the Lord, I th- and I do think that he will comfort us in maybe not in the way that we expected it, mm-hmm. you know, but in in ways that we need that are best for us, and maybe not all the way, you know. There may still be some residual pain that you, one will carry with them in in a loss, the grief, mm-hmm. um, but that doesn't mean that there isn't still blessing that came from the morning from the, you know, but it's really important. I think in relationships when somebody is mourning 
to ask ourselves, what is really comforting look like in this situation? Because I think sometimes we want our comforting to just take it all away. We just want, you know, we want people that we love to feel better when they're suffering, when they're hurting. So we see comfort as just like, let me distract you. Let me take it all away. Or let me even tell you, oh, Lord's going to bring blessing out of this. So it's a good thing that you had this loss or whatever. Um, most of the time when somebody's really struggling with a loss and they're in the pain of mourning, that's actually not comforting to them. So if we're desiring to be the blessing of this beatitude in our relationship, so we're not the one mourning, but we're desiring to be the blessing, which is the comfort. It's really important to be intentional about praying. I think when you go into a situation of somebody who's really mourning Mm -hmm. and ask the Lord, how do you want me to be the promise of this beatitude in this situation? How can I be the blessing of mourning in my comfort? Show me what will really truly comfort the heart of my loved one right now. And it may look very different than what you think it should look right, like. Right. You know, fascinating. So it gives me a whole nother perspective on, um, when I walk with my friends, you know, shoulder to shoulder, and they are really suffering. You know, maybe it's an adult child, maybe it's a, a grandchild, a spouse, anything like that. That um, I, I found personally, just to share their burden to me, um, even though it's very sorrowful, has still been part of the journey. Mm-hmm. And and I always pray that that even for just a little moment or two that I relieve their suffering, their mourning, because um, I walk with them in their sorrows and in their joys. And that's what we should be doing with um, our spiritual friends. Absolutely. And it's, it's really important to remember as we read these Beatitudes, as we pray with them, you know, it's very easy for, because, you know, it is the voice of our Lord who's saying them. It's very easy to think we, we kind of put ourselves and God in the position and say, okay, when I'm, when I'm mourn, the Lord's going to comfort me. Right. But let us remember that we are the body of Christ and regularly be asking ourselves when we think of these beatitudes, not just what's the Lord going to do for me <laughs> in my hardship and my Mm -hmm. struggles and whatever, you know, how, you know, and, but, you know, it is good to have the hope that the God will bring good into your own life through the struggles of this world. But let us also always be asking ourselves, how does God want me to be a beatitude for someone else? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, in this case, again, I, I can't say it enough. I mean, I found it to be such an honor to walk with a friend holding their hands when they, you know, are really going through very dark nights and difficult situations. I feel like it's a blessing from God to help to shoulder that cross with a friend, Mm -hmm. um, to enter into their pain and, and hopefully offer some comfort. Right. Yeah. The idea for me is just coming to mind as it relates to just, you know, going through all the Beatitudes on a regular basis, it'd be a really good place to use as a daily examine. Mm, that's so true. You know, Lord, how was I a beatitude, a living Beatitude today for those that you put in my path? 
Right. Although I'm seeing that always as the positive side, which we need to do that with the examine, right? Because usually when I think of examine, I think, Lord, how have I offended you today? Right. Well, it can be the both end it, right. on that. It's like, well, here, what I did, I, I, I did right. this. Yeah. Yeah. And, but I here, well. I, I kind of fell short in that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it really always does need to be that that both. Be, and when you're doing the examine, because it is looking at yourself in the light of truth. And the truth is every single day. We are always some good and some bad. That's right. <laughs> in the way and that every day lived. is a gift from God. Yeah. So, and it, it is also an opportunity for growth, right? Absolutely. And then we can also ask the Lord, you know, how have you fulfilled these promises in my life today and be an opportunity to give glory to him for the ways that he has blessed us in the struggles. That's right. Always look for those lim- in the midst of all the lemons. Look for the lemonade. Basically, is what you're saying. That's one of my my main uh, daily kind of things when things seem to go south or difficult or challenging. And I'm like, Lord, I'm going to abandon myself to your providence. I know you're here in the midst. What can I learn, or how can I change my perspective on this particular moment um, to see it the, as you see it to elevate my thoughts above this world above the worldliness, you know, and, mm-hmm. and be more centered on um, what God thinks and uh, how God perceives it or is allowing it for whatever his purpose might be for us to grow closer to him. Right. And, and let us not forget that the Lord does want to console our hearts mm-hmm. when we are mourning. And sometimes, you know, if you're a person who is really striving to live in holiness and, and is wanting to live a life ordered towards God's will. And you have moments where, you know, you feel like you really fell short. You just really fell short of who you wanted to be for him, who you felt he was calling you to be in a circumstance. And sometimes we can kind of run away from that um, and be like, Oh, I don't want to even talk about it with him because I feel like such a jerk for, you know, not being who I was called to be. Well, he actually wants to comfort us even in that sorrow. In the sorrow of having what we perceive to have been disappointing him, because the truth of the matter is, is that the very fact that we're upset that we didn't live out in a, our lives in a way that we felt was according to his will is actually pleasing to him. Yes, that we morning, it. Mm-hmm. that morning says, "I love you, Lord, and I want to be everything." you call me to be. And when I fall short, it hurts my heart. And he just longs to comfort us in those places because he's just, he's so, so enamored with us and in our desire, like, like a child when he, when the child does something like break something and goes, daddy, I'm so sorry. Like I, I didn't mean to do it, but I really, I just messed up. And I mean, what parent is it like, Oh, sweetie, come right, here. Exactly. Come here. It's okay. Don't worry about it. You know, yeah. and he, we Beautiful. need to let him do that for right, us. Right, right. So what you're just mentioning here is like contrition, just a real sincere contrition for the ways mm-hmm. that we uh, offend God. Yeah. And he's delighted and, and wants to comfort us in those moments. And the best way to do that is in the confessional. So Absolutely. Beautiful, yeah. beautiful. So let us always remember that uh, he's longing to take us in his arms and comfort us. You know, he may do that spiritually with, with, you know, beautiful graces and consolations in prayer. And he might do that through a friend or through a family member. And, but it's him. It's always him. So you want to close us off in prayer for this one? Sure. I'd love to. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 
Oh, sweet Lord Jesus, we are so thankful to be able to dive deeper into um, this beatitude. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. All good comfort comes from you, Lord Jesus. And we just ask you to comfort our listeners today in those areas where they mourn, those areas where they struggle, because you are there. Help us just to walk ever more towards your goodness, to live in the in the present moment, to live in your gl- glory and live in your goodness. And just take these, um, these blessings to heart, just all of these beatitudes, Lord Jesus. And may you bless us this day and always in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Until next time, God bless. God bless.